Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old, and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts, and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We the Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference. show about science. This is your host, Nate. Today, I'm interviewing Adam. It's gonna be about alligators. It's gonna be amazing with quacks, gators, quack gators <laughs> Just made that up. Woo! Alligators. Alligators. Welcome to the show about science, Adam. I'm excited to talk about alligators to you. Thanks, Nate. It's so great to be here. So, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my name is Adam Rosenblatt, and I am an ecologist at Yale University. And what an ecologist does is study how living things interact with each other. And one of the animals that I have spent a lot of time studying is the American alligator. So, what do the American alligators like to do most of their life? That's a great question. So, most of their life, I would say they spend most of it sitting around. Um, They like to bask in sunlight because they are ectothermic. They're cold-blooded. I don't know if you've uh, heard that word before. I sure have. But they can't produce their own internal body heat like we can and like other mammals. So they have to sit in the sunlight and they have to warm themselves up just with the sun. Um, So they spend a lot of time doing that, a lot of time hunting and looking for food, and they spend some time looking for mates so that they can make more alligators. So what if one of their babies has a headache? What if one of their babies has a headache? Is that the question? Do they even have headaches? You know, they might get headaches. There's no way for us to really know, though, because we can't understand alligator communication. Alligators communicate in lots of complex ways, so it would be very difficult for us to know if they actually do have a headache. But they do make a lot of really cool noises, like uh, males will do something called bellowing, where they make these really loud grunting sounds, and they use those sounds to communicate to females, or they do it to scare away other males who might be in their territory. So they do use communication, but yeah, I don't know if they could tell us if they have a headache or not. (laughs) I've never thought about that before. What's the evolution of alligators? That is also a great question. So alligators are evolved from a very long line of crocodilians, which is the name of the whole group that includes alligators and crocodiles and caiman and gariel. So alligators and their relatives have been around in some form 
for the last 200 million years or so, which is a really long time. And that means that they're really successful animals, right? If you think about most of the animals that have been around over the past 200 million years, most of them have gone extinct, but uh, alligators and their relatives have been around for that entire time. And the reason for that is that they're really well adapted to their environment and they're really, really good predators. They're really good hunters. So there's been a lot of different kinds of alligators and crocodiles over the course of their history. But now we have with us today about 23 species that live around the world. What happens if a turtle goes up towards an alligator? That's a good question. So if a turtle goes up to an alligator, alligators do eat turtles. I've actually pumped the stomachs of alligators in the Everglades, and I've found pieces of turtles in there. So that's one of the ways that we know that they eat turtles, other than just watching them eat a turtle. So if a turtle went up to an alligator, alligators are very curious animals, and the way they explore the world is with their mouth. So the alligator would see the turtle, and it would probably try to bite it, and it would get it in its mouth, and then it would use its incredibly strong jaws to break open the shell. I don't know if you've uh, ever thought about how strong the bite of an alligator is, but it's an incredibly strong bite. Some people say that it's the strongest pound-for-pound bite of any animal that's ever lived, even stronger than the T-Rex. So an alligator could bite through the shell, it could break it open, and then it could eat the entire thing and digest it. What does it smell like in there when you pump an alligator's stomach? It smells really, really bad. (laughs) It's basically like sort of pumping garbage out of something, you know, because these alligators are eating turtles and they're eating fish and they're eating mammals and they're eating birds and they're eating crabs and they're eating all kinds of different things. And they have very acidic stomachs. And so this stuff kind of collects in their stomachs and it just digests there and it decomposes for a long time. And so when you pump up their stomach, and you um, smell their breath, it's incredibly (laughs) foul-smelling. But I I enjoy those kinds of smells. What happens if an alligator spots a turtle laying eggs in its den? So if the alligator finds those eggs, it will probably eat those eggs. Alligators will eat pretty much anything they can fit their mouth around. They're very voracious predators. They'll eat a lot of stuff. Do baboons squeal around alligators? There aren't any baboons around the areas where alligators live because alligators only live in the United States. And there's also another alligator species that lives in China. But there aren't any baboons around where the alligators live. But there are baboons around where some crocodiles live in Africa. So I do think that given the opportunity, a crocodile would definitely eat a baboon. But I've never seen a video of that happening, uh, and I've never heard anybody talking about it, so I don't know if that's been recorded. It actually has been recorded. I've seen, like, baboons on the lookout for alligators when deer were drinking. Oh, really? So, like, a baboon was going down to a lake or something to get a drink of water, and it was on the lookout? Like, they made great watchdogs. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, they they would definitely have to look out for them. Where did you see that video? On YouTube. Oh, on YouTube? Okay. I'm going to have to look for that one. I haven't seen that one myself. Can a person shake hands with an alligator? A person could shake hands with an alligator, but I wouldn't recommend it unless the alligator's mouth was taped shut, because that's how you know that they are not going to hurt you. If their mouth is not taped shut, 
you should not approach an alligator because they can be quite dangerous. But they're not really anything to be afraid of in the wild. If you ever go to Florida or you go to Louisiana or you go to Georgia, which is where a lot of alligators live, you don't really need to be afraid of them because if you don't try to sort of approach them, then they usually don't try to approach you in most cases. I'm not afraid of alligators, though I do know why Georgia has a bunch of alligators. What's the name of that lake? What, the lake in Georgia? Yeah, that has a lot of alligators. I'm not sure. Uh, do you know where you were in Georgia? Okefenokee is the lake I'm talking about. Oh, the Okefenokee Swamp. Yeah, that's a very famous swamp in Georgia. I've never been there myself, but I know um, a lot of alligators live there. Some people call it the realm of the alligator. The realm of the alligator? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, they definitely love swamps. I used to work in the Everglades in Florida, which is also a very large sort of wetland and, and swampy area. Have you ever heard of the Everglades? Yes. I dub. Do alligators inhabit the Everglades? Yes, there are lots and lots of alligators in the Everglades. And that's where I did my uh, PhD research. I was living in Miami, and I did my research on one of the populations of alligators that lives in the coastal part of the Everglades where the freshwater meets the saltwater. And I was looking at their stuff that they ate. I was pumping their stomachs to try to figure out what kinds of food they like to eat at different times of year and tracking their movements with some very fancy technology. That was a lot of fun. And did you get a PhD? I did. I was awarded a PhD in 2013, and now I'm at Yale University in Connecticut, and I'm doing what's called a uh, postdoctoral research position, which is what some people do after they get a PhD. So you weren't awarded a PhD that long ago. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a fairly new PhD. Have you thought about um, whether you want to eventually get a PhD someday? Well, basically on geology. Oh, on geology. That's right. I listened to um, all of your previous episodes, and I heard that you were very interested in geology. And I'm also into Nobel Prizes. Of course. So, Adam, how do you catch an alligator? I mean, it's hard, right? There are a couple different ways to catch an alligator. The way that I used um, that is super fun is you go out at night on a boat, and you have a long pole, and the pole has a snare at the end of it that's made out of steel. And when you see an alligator, you drive up to it very, very slowly so that you don't scare it. And then you slip the snare around its head, and then you tighten the snare around its neck so that it can't get away. And it doesn't hurt the alligator, but it's very surprising for them, obviously, to be caught by something that they're not familiar with. And so they start to roll around in the water, and they try to get away and they tire themselves out, and then we grab them, and we tape their mouths shut, and we bring them on board our boat, and then we can uh, measure them, and we can do all the stuff that we need to do to get our data. Can you put fish into the water and then try on a pole with a hook on it and then put it into the alligator's mouth, and then its mouth will be shut, and you can pull it up? Yeah, you could do that. Um, they definitely do like to eat fish. So you could try to catch them with, a, you know, like a fishing line. The problem is that you would need a very strong hook and you would need a very strong fishing line. Because alligators are very strong and 
if they got a hook in their mouth, they would start to thrash around, and there's a good chance they would break the fishing line. Have any monsters turned out to be alligators? I think in the old days, a lot of things that people thought were monsters and were really scared of, especially in places like Florida or like Louisiana, I think they probably were alligators because they inspire a lot of fear in people. Um, in the old days, like in China, you know, I told you there's an alligator species that lives in China. And some people think that in Chinese legends that involve dragons, that the dragons were inspired by real-life Chinese alligators. The alligators don't breathe fire. You're right. You're right. Alligators don't breathe fire. But here's one of the reasons that people, I think, thought that alligators might have been dragons is because if it's very cold out and an alligator is in the water, sometimes it looks like there's steam coming off of the water. And if an alligator breathes out of its nose when it's really cold out, then it can look like they're breathing out steam, right? Yeah. And some people might interpret that as smoke. And so if you don't know that much about alligators and know that they don't breathe fire, then you might sort of be confused by this thing that looks like smoke that's coming out of their nostrils. And you might think, oh, maybe they have a fire in their belly, right? And there is smoke coming out of their mouth. So I think that's where that idea comes from. Though you and I, you and I know that that's not true. Yeah. Thank you, Adam, for being on my show. Thank you, Nate, for calling me. It was a lot of fun. I really like your show, so keep it up. There you have it, folks. The show about science is complete. Dad, you can shut the coin off. Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old, and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We The Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference.